I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan, the member of Mr. Sinister's Nasty Boys. <laughs> okay. Characters okay, who are not like, in this episode. <laughs> I'm going to turn my microphone down because I'm already screaming. So, Oh, good. Oh, I should probably do that, too. It's because, okay, so like when I do work meetings, um, people are always like, oh, Maddie, like we can't hear you. And then I'll turn it up. And then like when I'm podcasting with you, I'm screaming in a way that I never do during work meetings because like, why They're like, we can't I? hear you, Maddie. You're too soft. Well, because I'm talking in a normal voice as opposed to on this show where I'm like, Gambit, he's so sexy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh my God. Okay. Right. The wave file just exploded when I did that. Anyway, um, welcome to the Mutant Ages, a show welcome. where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and talk about how sexy they are. Oh. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the episodes that has brought back the sexiness after like many episodes of dark shit although this episode's still pretty fucking dark it's still pretty fucking dark but thank god there's some funny stuff in here and like some sexual tension like like, it feels like x-men again like you know what i mean like i was like oh god thank god i I feel like they were just like playing on the queer metaphor still some more where they're like okay so now that they're out of the closet now they're gonna be extra gay and i was like yeah okay Okay. I'm down. I'm down. I don't think I could have handled yet another episode about like high school bullying. So instead, we have an episode about Gambit showing up and flirting with yeah, everyone. Yeah, but like also like that still happens in this episode. Yes. No, you're right. You're right. But it's not as heavy. I don't know. I guess I'm just overshadowing the Gambit parts. Anyway, we'll talk about it. There's a lot of characters in this, and everybody's really horny for each other because it is the X Men, and also like they're doing they're trying to do three stories in this episode, and they're all kind of all over the place i don't know why yeah it's not a bad episode i enjoyed the episode and i do feel like it's constructed pretty well but like there are parts of this okay so well the wanda stuff is sort of forgotten it's not though because it gets picked up in a later episode well i know but it, it is kind of weird because it feels like the whole episode is going to be about wanda but then she's just like standing in the background biding <laughs> her time and it's like uh, oh okay okay like i I didn't know if i liked that or not but then i was kind of like maybe she just saw that there were a bunch of people in military gear and she was like yeah so i was already like she's the only character that has been locked up for many years yeah i mean i guess we could just transition straight into previously on the x-men in terms of what wanda's been up to because the episode does start with wanda so yeah that's important context for her so like wanda maximoff on this version of the show where all the x-men are teenagers except for xavier and logan and storm and beast yes of course beast Beast. how could i forget that sexy beast um, wanda was imprisoned by her dad magneto uh in a mental institution 
and like locked up in a straight jacket in like a metal box and like periodically Xavier would take her out of the box and mentally torture her for like hours and hours <laughs> yeah, I and mean, then like stick her back in the box and be like I don't know nothing we can do she's just crazy oh well <laughs> and then wheel his way out of there and then luckily Mystique and Agatha Harkness saved Wanda and actually like helped her use her powers and Agatha taught her magic and it was a great episode um and now Wanda is like a goth powerhouse with short hair and she's, she's a, a queer icon yep. and i fucking love her and so that's who she is on this show she's and literally a lesbian avenger that's she what is she a lesbian is. avenger but she's well she's a dark avenger she's like a lesbian how many times have we brought up lesbian avengers on the show have you ever explained what that actually is we only just started it last week but maybe we should explain okay so it's worth a google for people who don't know lesbian avengers was like an actual like queer social yeah. activist group from like the 70s that people should google and, and read about because they're fucking awesome and ryan bought me a lesbian avengers t-shirt which i honestly didn't even i just thought it was a cool t-shirt and didn't realize it was like referring to a real thing until i got home and googled it that's how i okay well that's fun story is that i was out with anthony last year during the pandemic because we kept going to p-town because there was literally nothing else we could do and it when it was it was when i was still drinking so you go and get drunk and walk around p-town and i found this store that had it it was kind of like a drunken moment where I was like, I got to get this shirt for Maddie. It's a lesbian adventure. But then I started Googling. It's like, wait, this is actually a really cool thing that she would be into anyway. So I'm definitely buying this shirt. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I would have worn the shirt anyway because like the phrase lesbian adventures is awesome. Fantastic. And like yeah. the shirt says we recruit, which is like in and of itself really funny to me, even oh, though I it's like it. sort of a it. play on the idea that queer people could recruit quote unquote other queer people like as though that's even possible. It would make it easier for me. Me. I know, right? That was like sort of the joke that they were making. So that's why we're calling everybody a lesbian Avenger because the lesbian Avengers are freaking cool and so are the X-Men. And so is Wanda. So that that is the case with Wanda. Wanda wants to kill her dad. And during she does. the end of season two, she thought Magneto died during the whole... Bolivar Trask released the Sentinels and then the army showed up and then the Sentinel fell on Magneto. Yeah, and Magneto had like manipulated the entire situation such that the X-Men and Brotherhood would be fighting against the Sentinel in front of everybody in New York City and the entire world because newscasters were there. Right. So like Magneto did kind of fuck them all over in a way, but also he forced the mutants out into the open as well. So Right. Okay, but also here's the thing is that when the Brotherhood showed up, because Mystique didn't know what was going on, Pietro was still with the Brotherhood, and Pietro said that he didn't know anything about Magneto. And so that he said that he, <laughs> he was a big liar, which Wanda yep. figured out, yep. because Pietro saw everybody walking into the trap, and he was like, ha suckers, and he ran Bye. away. And yeah. Wanda was like, wow, fuck this asshole. She eventually went to go kill the shit out of Magneto, but then the Sentinel fell on Magneto and I forgot mm -hmm. who saved Wanda. I think it was Pietro. Kurt. Pietro saved Wanda. Oh, oh, oh. Kurt. Kurt saved Wanda and Pietro. Yeah, you're right. and so they thought that Magneto was dead and Mystique was like, I don't buy that for one fucking second. So mm -hmm. then Wanda and Toad went to a newscaster's like truck. Van. Yeah. And like Toad And like watch the footage I and know. basically watch this like hyper HD footage to determine that Pietro actually saved Magneto because they like, slowed it down second. and last saw him second. like running in to save him, which is all important because this whole episode is all about the villains. It's all about Magneto's new recruits who include Gambit and Pietro, obviously. And like we don't see Colossus in this episode. We know he's around. Or Sabretooth or Pyro. Pyro is just dead still. Like I seriously feel like Storm killed. 
no, Pyro's like, off. Know. We see him later on. And he's like jerking off to some footage of Magneto later. I don't know. And so, okay, hold on. <laughs> this episode, it is about the villains and sort of where things landed with them. Because in the last episode, when everybody was going back to school and nobody wanted the queer kids there, Senator yes. Kelly went to the Brotherhood's house and invited the Brotherhood over and said that, I think that the people there will be scared of you. And he basically manipulated the Brotherhood into going there. Yes. And then also teaming up with Duncan Matthews to like beat the shit out of Scott Summers. Yeah. And like create a whole thing because basically Senator Kelly was like, well, the X-Men are going to be do-gooders. They're going to like try their best to fit in. But if the Brotherhood shows up, then it will work in my favor. Yes, because the whole point was that these mutants at school needed to prove that it was okay for them to be at school by not ever using their powers. And so Senator Kelly was trying to bait the X-Men into using their powers. Plus, he knew that the Brotherhood would show up and use their powers instantly and would make all mutants look bad. But also, Senator Kelly basically manipulated them into doing that anyway, and that comes to a head in this episode. So It does, yeah. it does. So basically, the running theme for the Brotherhood up to this point is they've been used and betrayed by several adults, whether it be yes. Mystique, Senator Kelly, or Magneto, although it seems to me that they are still waiting for Mystique in this, because at this point, they feel like she's the only one they can trust. And I also feel like they are, they just seem like kids who really need direction, which is like sad. Like they're trying to get their shit together, but they're kids, you know? At any point in this show, I wouldn't consider them villains except for that one time that Lance tried to out everybody against their will. That was yeah. pretty much the only time. The rest of the time, they're just kind of like hanging out in I know. their frat pad. Like, yeah. that's what's happening. <laughs> I know. And that is what's happening here as well. And like, I think you're also right because they spend a lot of this episode trying to clean up for Mystique, like in hopes she would somehow come back to them, even though she's been kidnapped. Thanks right. to fucking Scott Summers, which that's going to come back in the next episode, but I'm just still mad about it. So that's also <laughs> happening. But it's like really sad, actually, that they're all cleaning up and they're like, oh, when's mommy going to come home? Like, it's oh, I like, know. Jesus. It is oh kind of sad. God. It is really sad. Also, the other character that we do focus on this is Rogue, who was yes. once with the Brotherhood. So it's really, yes. except for Kitty's here too. Kitty. Well, only because Kitty is dating Rogue. I mean, that's the only reason she's right. here. And she doesn't <laughs> seem like she wants to be there for any of this. So like that is. Other than to like hang out with Rogue who she has a crush on. Yeah, like, we'll get ready because everybody in this episode is going to be gay. So opening up, we start off in Gotham City or yep. the set of Streets of Rage <laughs> in which Wanda is walking down it. She looks like she fits in. There's some yes. dudes who just immediately sexually harass her. They're like, hey, if you're coming this way, you have to fucking blow us. Like that's yeah. like literally what they say. They say, I know, if you like, come down this street, you have to pay us a toll. And I'm like, well, this is definitely not a money thing. This is definitely like a sexual sex. thing. Except yeah. that then Wanda just immediately uses her powers. I love that she does it without even turning around. She just like flinks, flicks her hand out like without even turning to face them and like a bunch yeah. of manhole covers explode and then a bunch of cars start exploding and like flying everywhere. <laughs> well, I like it when the cars come to life. I know. They, like, turn, they have the cloaky effect where they grow eyes and they just kind of yeah, like Yeah, and they start fly. like trying to fucking stone cold murder these guys, which I loved. I was just like, hell yes, Wanda. Like she's gay. She she's here. She doesn't give a shit. She's, she's going to fucking Avenger. murder these That's people. People. what's happening here yeah so then she after she's Woo! murdered those guys who deserved it she runs into an alley and then runs into caliban who, well, who she is supposed to be meeting turns out yes yes but it's really funny because she runs into an empty alley and i'm like okay it's totally empty and then caliban just like walks out from behind a dumpster which there's one of in this shot which is important to mention because she manages to summon I guess maybe with her powers, she creates yeah, like I think an she additional just duplicates the other dumpsters. Yeah. I mean, she can do 
anything. It's like right. incredible how powerful she is. She can manifest anything. So she has like every power. Basically, like her and Jean Grey are the most powerful characters in the entire Marvel universe, right? <laughs> it's wild. Like, I mean, I guess you could argue Thanos when he's got the gauntlet, but if he doesn't got the gauntlet, he's got jack shit, right? Yep, pretty much. Um, so anyway, she doesn't do all that stuff yet. She sees Caliban, who like dramatically does an entrance where he like scares her, and it's funny yeah, because he's it's like, Caliban. He's like, he's like, welcome to the Morlock haunted house. <laughs> and Wanda is like, um, can you just use your powers to find my dad, Magneto? Because I'm like, fucking he's like, pissed. He's like, wait, it's a medieval time traveling, <laughs> traveling haunted, haunted house. house. And Wanda's like, dude, just, I don't fucking care. Like, keep moving. <laughs> Okay, but it's also funny because as soon as she says Magneto, Caliban just turns on his heel and he's like, no. And just like starts to walk you away. I don't think he can find him, though, for the well, same reason. Well, that's what he reveals. That's what he reveals. Like, at first, I thought he was intentionally not finding Magneto. No, I thought so, too. But, like, I think it's actually because he's got, like, the same sort of thing that Xavier can do where he, like, okay, so Xavier with his mind can sense people with Cerebron. Well, Caliban can sense mutants anywhere but if magneto's wearing the helmet he can't fucking find him that's what that's I interesting because i thought it was actually because the same reason that mystique can't be found anymore which is that she went super saiyan in the machine uh, well, and so did magneto remember too. so magneto maybe also Wait, has but, okay but thy logic does that mean you can't find no you're Cyclops right or yeah. Havoc? and they managed to find them on cerebro no right? that's a good point i think you're probably right about the helmet that makes way more sense and like the reason why mystique can't be found is because she's able to use her shape-changing powers to disguise yeah, herself because that evolved it doesn't make sense for magneto okay whatever so <laughs> anyway caliban walks away and wanda flips out and she generates like a thousand dumpsters a trap set and caliban just looks kind of annoyed he doesn't yeah. really seem like scared which is kind of great it is and caliban then reveals that magneto is too advanced for him to find and he says if there was anybody else in the entire fucking universe i could find them but not magneto and wanda's like Actually, if you could help me find my asshole brother, Pietro, that would be great. Yeah, that works, too, because they're probably hanging out together. So it's it's a good thought. So then we get the dramatic cut to the intro, and then we go to a new scene. This scene is actually pretty sad. It's the one I where... I know. Uh, first of all, Evan and Kurt come out of the gazebo because there's like a an elevator in there that like, like is how, to the sub basement. It must go to know. the fucking monorail. I don't know. So I don't know. We've never seen this before. So I'm like, maybe they built this because they like needed more exits. I don't know. I'm sure it was there before, but like now they're not using it because the entire X mansion is being reconstructed. Okay, wait. I don't know if it was in this scene or later. But there's like one where they show a sign of the X Mansion. Oh, it's at the end of this scene. It's at the very end of this scene. So we can we can explain it when we get there. Okay, because I thought it was fucking weird and it's, we're never going to hear I about know. it. All right, so anyways, I know. So anyway, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Kurt comes out and he goes, home sweet hole in the ground. And Evan's like, it's paradise in comparison to school. I'm telling you, I'm this close to bagging the whole Bayville High thing. None of my buddies stood by me, which is really sad. And I then know. Kurt says... Then they probably want your real friends to begin with. You'll find new ones. And Evan goes, you should talk. You were still wearing your image inducer. And then he he literally grabs Kurt's wrist and turns off his image inducers. And he goes, check the halls when you walk around all blue and fuzzy. And Kurt's like, you're right. Nobody will come near me. They'll hate me. And he disappears. And Evan's like, I uh, like he's he feels, he feels bad, bad, but also kind of annoyed because he's like, dude, I wish I could just hide myself. I'm a black yeah. kid. That's also I know, a mutant, like but have fun with that. Do. Yeah, like yeah. Evan is like, well, I'm a black queer kid who has to walk around and like now nobody wants to fucking be my friend. It was hard yeah. enough for me to deal with school as it was. Like we already saw Evan like cutting class, having trouble keeping up. Like 
he was really struggling at school to begin with. I know Ivan. I, Evan is the character I think I relate to most on this show because he kind of has like a similar trajectory with school that I did. But yeah, and also he's got a video camera. Yeah, I mean, you were talking last week about how like you were in the closet still because you were like, I was already being made fun of enough. And I feel like that was how Evan felt about this, you know, like he already didn't fit in. And he's like, I didn't need one more thing that made me weird. Whereas Kurt does fit in. I mean, yes, he's he's fitting in because of his image. Well, I don't think he did previous to Bayville, right? Because like whatever, wherever he was before. Exactly, exactly. So the thing is that Kurt already faced that same scrutiny that Evan sort of did. But then he got this image inducer and stuff. It's like, well, now I can pretend to be a normal person. I really again, I I enjoy the trans metaphor we have for this show where it's like if you use Kurt as a metaphor for the trans community, I think it actually really works in this where it's like, okay, well, but I was passing before mm-hmm. and now or I like, don't now anymore. Now I finally am passing right. and like I wasn't before. And like, I now know what it's like to be able to be safe and like have nobody know. And like, right. And, and that's part of why Kurt is so sympathetic though, because I'm like, Oh, you, you understand why he would want to do that. But it's also like Evan's like, I'm, completely outed plus i'm the only black kid at school like everyone's making fun of me i'm being tortured every day and like you're just hiding from everyone like this fucking sucks dude like are you my friend i mean that was how i read this scene was like are you gonna be there for me i mean it's a really short scene but it's also like relatable and also the other part of it where kurt like is once again over dramatic and bamps away is so high school where it's like you can tell evan is just sick of kurt doing this like how many times a day do you think kurt like gets really emo suddenly and then is like but he does this in the comic books too whether he's a teenager or not i was literally reading jonathan hickman's like uh hellfire gala stuff and he gets drunk and he bants all over the place. And then he's like, oh, should I even be doing this? And I'm like, oh, my God, Kurt. Like, I, Kurt has a lot of... So Kurt, as a character, has a lot of issues and challenges dealing with guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And it's like from his Catholic upbringing, for sure. But, like, he cannot stop feeling bad for himself or thinking that things are inherently wrong or right and then being confused about that. Like that is who Kurt is as a character. And then on top of that wants to be accepted for what he looks like yep. and in the comic books for a long time. He did use that, use that image inducer, but he really doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is like child Kurt where he's still so in the thick of it in terms of using. Oh yeah, it. totally. Yeah. So then we cut away. We're going to get this like absurd scene where all the new mutants are in Cerebro and beast is basically instructing them to be like, let's clean this shit up. And everybody does a different part, like Magma's like melting shit and multiple and then it's looking at multiple men. I'm like, just have multiple men do it. Like <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But, anyway, but multiple so, man does like part of it. Like he like sweeps up some of that's the all debris. He's doing. I was like, okay, great. And so And like, like Magma turns it into like this absurd cube. Like she like melts all the garbage into know. a cube. Well, Why? all the garbage, I don't really understand. So Sunspot, like, he stands up there on the roof, he soaks in the sun, and then he like jumps down and i don't remember what he does he carries something big and cannibal like slams into it and then it blows up into a billion more pieces so there's even more shit then all the multiple (laughs) men like sweep it up iceman then like freezes it and then magma melts it into granite and i'm like yeah that is not how anything works but okay (laughs) and beast is like if only they showed the same diligence in cleaning up their own rooms i'm like i don't even know what you're seeing because their rooms blew up dude but whatever i'm like (laughs) 
it's also like what you want their rooms to turn into a granite cube like what are you even asking i don't know okay so then scott running by is like anybody who needs a ride let's go and then there's this scene where like gene and amara all just crash into bees holding the cosmic (laughs) cube and he's like what the hell kitty runs through him while brushing her teeth leaves the toothbrush in him then she goes whoopsie daisy reaches inside him (laughs) grabs the toothbrush and also runs off and then beast burps bubbles and i was like the hell is this scene (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's absurd it's like they're trying to suddenly be funny but also like if kitty accidentally left a toothbrush inside of beast he would be dead like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's insane like what why is this even here his his stomach i don't really know but also like how gross is that that kitty then reaches in grabs the toothbrush it's like sorry and then she puts it back in her mouth after it was inside (laughs) like his actual intestines so gross (laughs) anyway so that's a really silly scene but then it ends with this bizarre sign which we may as well talk about because like why is this here it's never gonna be explained so like a bunch of construction trucks pull into the mansion and they have a sign on the gate which is like pretty classic if you see construction going on somewhere where you're like okay like here's the sign of like the construction company that's doing this and the construction company is called confidential construction company and their motto is your secrets are safe with us which like oh my god but like okay it's like okay so you went up to the house that's full of queer people and put a big sign that says we'll keep your secrets safe and it's like uh not if you put it on the front (laughs) fucking gate dude okay also like what is this construction company like is there a secret superhero construction company there's nothing we literally never hear about this ever again it just eventually the mansion is redone and that's that yeah although i do appreciate in this show that it's taking several episodes for them to reconstruct the mansion which is different from other tv shows where the mansion blows up and then like colossus fixes it in like one day a day i don't know anyway let's go to yet another extremely gay scene (laughs) which is like over at the brotherhood mansion toad is wearing pietro's clothes and bouncing around being like i'm pietro i don't know like okie dokie and avalanche and fred are just kind of watching this there's no explanation for this that isn't gay like toad makes a reference he's like we all have one costume but pietro sewed himself like 12 costumes and i was like that's because pietro is gay also you're gay because you're now wearing pietro's clothes and lance is like i don't ever want to see that again because pietro and you used to fuck and now we're not fucking anymore because he betrayed us and i'm mad about it so take your clothes off toad and i was like this is really a reach for being straight at this point yeah like this scene goes on for a long time where like toad is jumping around and lance is like trying to catch him and like toad is just they're just flirting basically and like and fred's just standing there be like the fuck are you two doing like yeah and so then they're the whole point of this the reason why they're all trying on Pietro's clothes and farting with each other is because they're supposed to be cleaning up the mansion or at least that's what Lance has decided because he's like we need to clean up before Mystique comes back which oh god it's so depressing it's sad it is really sad because then they start arguing about who's in charge it's like well who put you in charge and honestly of all the brotherhood characters he should be in charge it always has been Lance. yeah fred should be in charge and it's like there's just kind of this little power struggle between these three guys i mean obviously toad's not going to be in charge but toad is busy like flirting with everybody which okay sure why not okay well i mean i would like fred to be in charge because in the comic books when he gets to lead shit i like that yeah but that's just me personally well fred is the one who makes the next decision which is that they just dump everything in pedro's room outside by like smashing through the wall and throwing it on oh, the I floor thought, I thought 
thought that was like avalanche was like shaking everything. Yeah. So Fred says, what did that trader ever do for us? I say dump it all. And Lance is like, okay. And then he like creates an avalanche and throws all Pietro's shit on the ground. Right. It's great. Like I, it's kind of funny how much shit flies out the window because there's like a grandfather clock in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I don't know why he owned that. I don't but either. Whatever. I don't either. So then Toad is leaping away and being like, I like this suit. It makes me feel fast. And then he immediately trips over a thousand things and smashes into Wanda's bedroom and screams, Wanda, save me. I, that was the funniest line when he screams, Wanda, save me. I was like, wait. At first, I thought he said something else. Then he said, no, Wanda, save me. That's hilarious. And then, It is hilarious. And then he covers his eyes because he thinks maybe she'll be changing in there, which is actually really sweet. Like, it's sweet that it he's like, cute, oh, but also, no, I can't watch. <laughs> okay. Also, it's such a high school move to be like, if you walk into somebody's room when they're like, if you walked into your friend's room when the door was closed, you just have to assume they're all like in there naked at all times. They're always masturbating. And so if you accidentally smash into somebody's room, you have to cover your eyes. Yeah, pretty much. So then he's like apologizing for breaking in and then realizes that she's actually not even in the room at all she's gone he calls her sweetums i think that's what he says yes he does he's like sweetums where'd she go then lance walks in the room <laughs> and then lance just strips toad and he's like surprised that he's naked but really what i think the thing is is that like toad fell into wanda's room and got a huge boner and like <laughs> lance is like i don't know like don't sees know. this I'm, I'm literally like why did lance walk in and take toad's clothes off like that is what happens here <laughs> like again i feel like we need to explain we aren't joking about this this like that is literally what happens next like like i guess like the continuation is that maybe he like fell out of the clothes but then like well how? okay so i think i think what it's supposed to be is that lance walks in and tries to grab toad but toad slips out of pietro's costume like using his slimy toad powers he just slips away and then he's just standing there naked and lance is like gross and it's like why is any of this happening okay but also lance spent the entire scene trying to get toad to strip for him I, and then he took know. toad's clothes off i, know, I don't know, I okay, know. So, so then they have sex but it's a new scene um so. yeah and then the scene after that is wanda getting off a bus yeah she walks over to luke's diner from gilmore girls yes except it's called meg's diner magara from hate oh my from hades i okay well she is in hades it's a kingdom hearts it's it's Kingdom Hearts well, now. I was, I, I was thinking of Hercules the movie, but then I said Hades and started thinking about the game Hades and I was like, okie dokie. Well, it could also be Megara from Hades. I mean, it could be that version of her. That's a completely different character. They're all Megara. Pietro's in the diner and he's reading a newspaper because it's 2003 <laughs> and they don't have smartphones yet or laptops really. Yep. Except for Xavier who owns like GoPros and streaming <laughs> software. Yep. So anyway, he looks at his glass and he just notices that it starts like flying around him and he's like, Oh shit, I know what this is. <laughs> yep. And then the doors blow open and Wanda dramatically walks in. She's like, Pietro, where is Magneto? And Pietro's like, uh, bye. <laughs> and Pietro runs away, but Wanda stops him with her powers like she did before. Like, I don't know why Pietro thought that would work because this has already clearly been shown on the TV show that it will not work. Mm -hmm. And Wanda's like, turns to the customer, she's like, get the fuck out. And they all scream and run away. Yeah. Except for, like, the people who work there who just stand there and kind of watch this holding coffee. Mm -hmm. And Pietro's like, Wanda, I have no idea where he is. And Wanda's like, I don't believe you. Take me to him. And she, like, throws a bunch of dishes at him, which is fun. Yeah, I know. He's like, he's like, I can't. Uh, Wanda, I, really, I don't know. Uh, listen to me. It's the truth. I, I don't go to him. He comes to me. And Wanda's like, well, if he goes to you, then I'll make him come to you. And I'll be waiting for him, which is actually a pretty smart move. So it she is. basically throws him into the... Walk-in fridge closes it locks it with her powers 
rips it out of the wall and throws it through the front of the diner into the street. And then we hear sirens coming. Yeah. So like, this is interesting because the police show up and they see that Pietro has been locked in the walk-in fridge and that the walk-in fridge is basically just this metal cube in the middle of the road. And like Pietro's right. screaming help from the inside of the fridge, but the cops arrest him. They arrest yeah, I, him. Like I know. And like, but Wanda's also standing right the fuck yeah, there. Yeah, she is for a second, but then when the cops turn back around, she's gone. So like she just yeah. gets the fuck out of there and Pietro gets arrested. Like, I just I'm just I shouldn't be shocked because mutants aren't considered people in this society, but like well, how would they even know that there was a mutant in there? Was, well, when, I guess it's like they open it up and then Pietro I don't know. I, I don't know how they know he's a mutant. I guess just because he looks well, kind of weird. Also, I mean, obviously they they know that a mutant of some kind threw threw him out there, whether it be himself or something else. Yeah. But like I think they just assume that it's like okay, these two queer kids were having a fight, so at least one of them is here. I'm going to arrest him for being here yeah. at all. Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, I I guess they're just assuming he's a mutant because he was involved in it, and also he is a mutant, but yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, and also, but I mean, there's also something to say that they could just start as making the assumption that people are mutants so they can continue to be bad cops. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. That's like a whole other thing. Yeah. Anyway, so in this case, he actually is a mutant. Yes. But then we go to Lance, who goes to Principal Kelly, because I guess Lance tried going to school. And we have this really fucked up scene where Kelly's like, I don't know how to make this any clearer, Mr. Alvarez. You and your mutant thugs are expelled. Do not show up on campus again. And Lance is like, but you're the one who invited us back. What? Now you're just going to punt us? And Kelly's like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Get the fuck out. Yeah. And Lance is like, I don't get you, man. It's like you wanted us here just to mess with the Xavier kids. Kelly doesn't deny it. Yeah. He just goes, he's just like, the meeting's bye, over. <laughs> he's like, you can, you can either leave by yourself or with security. And Lance shakes the whole office, which scares the shit out of Kelly. Well, I don't know what Kelly's move here was to do that against him. He's like, I'll get the security. And Lance basically hurdles the desk into Kelly, which locks him against the wall. And Lance is like, I'll see myself out bitch yeah. and it was like wow pretty great it is but it's like it's so fucked up because i i feel like lance only came here to confront principal kelly which like you can't really blame lance for doing this because he's 100 percent correct you know and like oh, yeah. kelly's basically just like sorry i have more institutional power than you even if i don't have superpowers so i can just fuck you over in terms of like society like uh, education you don't get one because you're gay yeah sorry and also he set them up to fail on purpose I so know. he's like he's like i set you up to fail and also to not have an education and that's not my problem yeah. so get the fuck out yeah and because i'm a white guy that has money and power i don't know i don't know how much money he has he's a teacher right yeah, so I, I don't think he has money but he has like institutional power and like social power right. like in the town you know so like right. that's enough and he can screw over these like really poor homeless kids, basically, who don't have a parent. And right. he's just like went to their house and was like, hey, do you guys want to like go beat up these other kids? I, I mean, I don't know. The whole situation is it's so fucked, fucked up. up. And also, it's got to be tough for the Brotherhood because previously the principal was their mom. I know. And now they're fucked. You know? And then she's gone. And now they have this guy who is like a bigot, basically. Yeah. And trying to like be out to get them. So Lance storms outside and Gambit's just leaning against a tree like a Sexually, stud. yeah. And he's like, hey, <laughs> Bonjour. I didn't even go to school. Bonjour. I don't even go to school anymore, Monami. I skipped all that. And I'm 19 and hot and sexy. I can show you all the ways of fucking. This whole scene, by the way, gets super gay. It's so like, incredible. So Lance is like, perfect. I was looking for someone to fuck. And Gambit's like, what? After that thrashing I gave you last time wasn't enough? Which I read as, okay, they did fuck. <laughs> 
And then Lance is like, Lance grabs his well collar you- and they're like standing an inch apart. And like, yeah. And he's like, let's see how well you do without Magneto watching your back. And I was like, this is also a gay line. <laughs> oh, this is where I wrote into the script that I wrote. Ryan says, this is really getting really gay again. Uh, Gambit says, you round up those friends of yours and we'll meet at your place. And Lance is like, why? And Gambit's like, for an orgy. <laughs> Now that you're out of school, you'll be taking a real test, which he does say that part. Yes. But he seductively like pulls like a leaf out of the tree and like lights it up with his power. And like charges it and then like blows the ashes of the leaf into Lance's face like as though it's fairy dust or something. It's like, <laughs> why is this happening? I don't know. It's like so funny that these two are flirting with each other. And then Lance is like, forget it. We're sick of being bottoms. Let's go. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I mean, to be fair, what he specifically does say is we're sick of being used, which is actually like a fair point. Like at this point, like Lance is like, oh, I agree every because... time I meet somebody over the age of 18, they just try to use me. Like, I don't trust you. <laughs> I mean, that was his thing from the get go in season one. He was like, yeah, nobody gives a shit about me. They keep on trying to use me for different reasons. Yeah. And then because we talked about that and it was like episode two with him and Kitty. Mm-hmm. And how he then tried using using Kitty. Yeah. Because that's what he knows. I know. Like, I mean, that's the part of Lance that's like kind of sympathetic to me because even though I'm always like calling him an angry incel and like a sociopath, I think you're more, you're closer to correct by sympathizing with him because like he's so traumatized. It's like hurt people hurt people. You know, it's like he's been abused. So it's all he knows. He's never had right. anything else. And we've also seen like when he was at the Xavier Institute, he actually was doing okay for a hot second there. It was just that then he kept getting yeah. fucked over by other people. By Scott, Again. like specifically. And the New Mutants liked him. I know. And like, he kept taking the fall because he was like, I guess this is my fucking life. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, you you got to feel for Lance in that situation. I do too. I wish I did Xavier had stepped in at any point, but he just let Scott like fuck with him that whole time. I know. Remember Kurt Whatever. cleaning the jet for like 60 years though? That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Remember how Xavier fucking sucks? (laughs) We will get there. But But first, let's talk about Rogue, who's sitting on a bench writing in a journal, which this was me, this was Steph, this was you, like, sadly, gothly writing in a journal at school. I know, writing (laughs) stories. So Rogue is, like, writing a sexy story that she's going to send to Kitty later. It's like, it's it's where she's like, she's a vampire that's been kidnapped by Umbrella to fight the evil Sailor Scout. She can't touch her sexy Sailor Scout friend, Kitty, but Kitty can, like, phase through the touch and it's almost like they're together and like blah 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 so anyway that's all being yeah. that's all happening that's being written in her like personal friend fiction right there yeah and then we hear people like walking by and they're snickering yes they're like, she's one of them she's one of those gay kids yeah i mean it's like them walking by and being like rogues a fucking dyke and like rogue hears this and she's like i mean this is just sad so i did think it was interesting that she puts down her book and she gets up as though she's going to confront the girls like that's what i interpreted it as but then she doesn't have a chance to because then in the background but i'm just saying like rogue was going to fucking kick some ass you know what i mean like this whole episode this whole scene there's like three scenes here that's like her and evan and kitty running back and forth between different bullies are trying to bully them and i was like okay so we're like at this point where like all the kids are just having to spend all like all their time, all their time running to each other to help each other out from who's bullying them in that moment. And then running across campus to like the next person, like they aren't even learning at this point. I know they're just literally having to deal with bullies and like standing together, which I did like that part. But it's kind of like, OK, so it's us six gay kids and that's all we got. So we have to run from one side to the other. And like Rogue specifically and Kitty are like ready to like 
throw, throw down. down and evan evan too yeah so so rogue overhears a bunch of guys bullying evan which is what she then is like okay i need to intervene so they've like taken a skateboard they're throwing it on the ground the first bully is like mutants think we should be afraid of you but we're not and the other bully's like i say we pluck the spikes out of him one at a time which is like jesus like okay yeah i mean like but also that's the kind of shit people said back then i know so rogue like pushes the bullies away from evan and she's like we're not scared of you and then the first bully pushes her onto the ground and is like like so hard that she even falls yeah down. i know well i mean he's a huge guy so he pushes her to the ground and Evan is like, that's enough, and grows a bunch of spikes. By the way, it's the same guy that appeared in another episode yes. they called Rogue Skunkhead. Yeah, and he calls her that again here. So he's like a recurring character, actually. He, he's still wearing the Captain America shirt, by the way. And the hat, yeah. So Rogue yes. is like lying on the ground in the mud, and she's like, Evan, don't, because like they're not supposed to use their powers at school, and Evan grew a bunch of spikes, like I think involuntarily. Like That was how I interpreted this, was that Evan... I think so, well, yes, because in a couple episodes... He goes to live with the Morlocks because he can't control it anymore. So, which this is this is the foreshadowing of that. This season is really good at tie. Like it's doing a lot of plots at once and just keeping it ongoing. I know, but it's really really clever. So, like then the bully, um, the first bully sees Evan with the spikes out, and he's like, "Kelly's gonna boot you out of here for this." And he and his friend run away, which is like not great. So then Rogue gets up and she's like, "Hurry up, retract your spikes." And Evan is like, I can't. What's happening to me? And he's like really freaked out. Yeah. And Rogue is like, it's all good. Like, just calm down, concentrate. You got this. And Evan concentrates and eventually the spikes go back in. And it's like kind of scary because you're like, what is happening to Evan? Like, is yeah, he going to be okay? We don't okay? know what's happening. And Rogue doesn't have time to even deal with it. She goes, just keep your cool, okay? I'm going to go beat the shit out of those guys. Yeah. Like, that's what she's going to go do. <laughs> I know. So she's, she runs off of them as Evan's looking genuinely scared. Yeah. And then... They turn the corner and Gav- I like how Gavin's just hanging out on this campus for no reason. Like still? You know, yeah. he does look a little bit older, but I but remember like not that. not much. I mean, it's like maybe he's 18. Maybe he's a high school dropout. I think he's, no, I think he's like 19. And here's why. Because when I graduated high school, we had a lot of friends, including you, who was still a year younger than me. Yep, so you yep. guys hadn't graduated yet. And so I remember I went to school to like pick up my friends at some point and i remember walking through the halls because i was like it was me i was like whatever i used to go here like less than a year ago so i walked in the halls and i remember being like everyone here seems so much younger than me even though like it's been a year it was only a year yeah it hasn't even been a year and i was like i actually i felt really out of place doing that yeah i was still living at home but i had like a job i didn't go right to college so i just started working instead yep it was very it's different so a very different mentality and, like, and that's kind of gambit's energy is like yeah. he's like an adult but like also kind of a kid i don't know i he's in that weird in-between stage of life that you can be in Right, exactly. And 19. also Gambit's a character who never went to school. You know this about him. He's somebody that's been living on the streets and living with the Thieves Guild. That's so. part of why I was like, he could be under 18 because of course he wouldn't go to school. Like, who gives a shit? But I think you're right that he's like a year older, a couple years older, sort of unclear. So anyway, Gambit's right. leaning against the tree and he sees these Sexly. two bullies and running around the corner and he's he grabs them. Well, they run into him and he's like, I've got two words for you. Drop it. And the first bully's like, we didn't ask you. And also, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, we've never seen you before. Like, who are you? Are you even here? Yeah, and so Gambit takes a pencil out of the bully's pocket and, like, holds it in the charges air. Charges it. And yep. charges and then it. He, like, and he's like, consider this some free advice. And then throws the charged pencil at a tree. And he's like... Which blows the tree up. Yeah, and he's like, don't mess with the mutants. And then the bullies are like, 
ah, uh, okay, and like run away in terror because that was like insane what just happened. I don't know. I love it. But then I love that Rogue turns the corner yes. and she's like, the hell are you doing here, swamp rat? And Gabe, it's like, just passing by, Shuri. Nice day. Nice day for a stroll. If you catch my drift. All right. I'm going to go cruise the streets. Bye, baby. And then he like leaves. And then Kitty just randomly appears as if she was in the scene before. Yep. And then I was like, and then I had to think about it. And I was like, I read that as, okay, so Kitty is da- like sleeping with Rogue. So she went to go check on Rogue because I assumed that Kitty somehow saw what da- went down between Rogue and Evan. And so now Kitty is running to her aid mm-hmm. or Evan's aid. Because this is just what they're doing all day yes, now. Like all yes. the X-Men is that they just have to run from one side of the campus to the other to stop kids from beating the shit out of them. Yep. Like that is what I'm, I'm guessing is happening. Because this happened in that episode where they went back in the last episode mm-hmm. where Scott was being beat up and then Rogue and Kitty appeared and they're like, yeah, we're like the lesbian Avengers. Here we go. Yeah. And also like Rogue left her, her journal behind and stuff. And like the way that it worked in high school during this time period was like, you'd have certain places that you ate lunch or hang out and people would know where your spot was. So I would see this as Kitty going to like Rogue's spot and being like, huh, her journal's here. Where the fuck is Rogue? And then like walking around the corner and seeing her, you know, like that was what it was like when you didn't have a cell phone. You would just go to the place where you knew the person hung out. And then if they were there, like maybe their stuff's there, you're like, oh, they're nearby. You know what I mean? So like, I think that's part of it too. Or at least- I I, I love, I I really love- pre-cell phone world i mean it's useful to have the cell phone and for a thousand i know reasons. because like we used to wait around so much anyway kitty shows up and she's like hey isn't that one of magneto's buffoons and rogue's like yep and he's up to something and kitty's like let's tell scott a rogue's like fuck that we're cutting school and following them and i was like okie dokie rogue and they're still dating here <laughs> yeah. so and kitty's like what about six period because she's a nerd and she's worried about school <laughs> she's like i can't wait to go to school it's probably like computer class or something yeah so anyway we go back to the brotherhood lance pulls up in his jeep and then inside fred is trying to stuff a bunch of bags of trash into the downstairs closet which is like already full of trash and there's I don't no even know if, room I don't even know if it was trash if it was just so much shit that they just were trying to make it look cleaner so they were shoving everything they owned into this one closet closet i know it's funny though because it's like they could have just taken the out the trash and put it outside so maybe you're right that's not actually trash it's like stuff they want to keep but they like don't know how to put it away properly (laughs) meanwhile toad is still wearing pietro's outfit oh he's got a different one now yeah it's like the same one as before but we know quicksilver has a bunch of the same quicksilver outfit yeah toad leaps down the stairs and he's like yeah tell me what you think fred how do i look (laughs) i know i know i was like okay now toad's floating with fred and fred's like you look kind of hot, dude. And I was like, what is happening? It's and then cute. Lance rumbles the whole place. Obviously, everything comes out of the closet. And Lance walks in. Yep. And he's like, we need to fucking get ready to go and fight. And they're like, what? what's happening? And then like a car just floats between them. And they're like, oh, it's I guess Gambit. this guy's here. <laughs> and then they all scream and run. <laughs> yeah. Because as soon as a floating card shows up, you know Gambit's coming in. Yeah, really. And then Gambit is like hilarious here because he... He like cartwheels into the window. Yeah, he does like he jumps in through the window. He's not wearing his trench coat here. He's writing on the curtain. He's doing flips around the couch, the, the room. And I'm like... This is just an ish episode of Warcraft Valley at this point. That yeah. is the and then he like we've got is now. holding a curtain that he like ripped down and like brandishing it like it's a weapon. And he's like, did you get my Carling card? And 
and it's like what is happening <laughs> and so lance is like yeah <laughs> and then gambit like throws the curtain up in the air onto the ceiling fan which is on and then he like swings around the room kicking everybody which like why <laughs> i don't know how that even worked but okay yeah and so fred like charges forward and gambit like kicks a greasy pizza box in front of fred and so he like slips on it and falls and- oh my god i wish this show would stop doing this we're like the, I know. the only fred is so strong on the show that he literally has taken out characters like colossus and lifted up buildings but like the only thing that's his downfall is continuously food whether he's eating it or falling on it I and it's it. like i hate getting that they're to doing the point this to where i'm so annoyed with it like just stop i know like it, it's, it's almost always pizza too like pizza's falling off the ceiling pizza's on the ground and i do believe that they probably order pizza like every night because like i know what but else like anybody could trip on the pizza box why does it have to be fred every fucking no, time I, that exactly so anyway so that happens toad toad jumps in and like gambit wraps him around on the curtain and then charges the curtain which like would fucking murder toad if it exploded and right. then um while toad is like in this charged curtain like on the verge of death gambit turns around to lance and everybody else and is like okay uh if i let go you're gonna be repainting this room because it's gonna be covered in toad's blood so let's okay, talk but, also, but toad toad responds in a really funny way where he's like talking's good we hate painting I know. <laughs> it's so funny and i'm like toad it doesn't matter if you hate painting you're gonna be dead <laughs> like, i know shit. i know i know gambit says magneto wants to test you all and see if you're ready to go down on him yeah and fred's like well what do we have to do and gambit's like piece of cake really just bust out a captured mutant and lance like who does magneto have in mind we can do it and gambit's like your old fuck buddy pietro yeah and everyone's like pietro (laughs) yeah and meanwhile gambit frees toad and like stops you know charging the the curtain and like throws him on top of fred and the gambit's like now that i've given you the information it's time for us to get naked and have an Orgy. So they do that. This isn't even this isn't even a Cajun accent anymore. I'm just talking like in a sexy like gambit sexy voice. Sexy gambit. Sexy, sexy gambit. So then we go to Rogue and Kitty, who are spying on the Brotherhood house from nearby, and they see Lance's Jeep pull away at, with the guys. They don't inside. see Gambit though. Gambit is not yeah, they don't see Gambit. They just see the three Brotherhood boys. I guess Gambit just stays after they fuck. He just like hangs out in the house. He's like, let's he's like anything you can steal here from Mystique's room? Nope. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what Gambit is doing, but he doesn't help them. He just hangs out or does other shit. I don't know. Goes cruising. Whenever he's not working, he's getting late. That kind of seems to be his, his, uh, like him and Logan. This is why they always pair up in comic and uh, fan fiction is because they're just constantly fucking cruising the streets. Yep. So Kitty sees them driving away and she's like, I can't believe it. Can't Lance stay out of trouble for one day. And Rogue is like, I don't know why you're dating boys. Still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then Rogue is like, come on, let's hitch a ride in that direction. And Kitty's like, what does that mean exactly? And what it means is this completely insane idea that Rogue came up with on the spot where like they phase into cars in order to ride the cars in the same direction as the Jeep is already headed. So like a truck pulls up, Rogue and Kitty phase into the back of the truck, which is full of boxes, and they sit and wait. And then, like, when the truck stops, Kitty, like, phases her head through the front seat to, like, see where the car goes. 
And like the trucker sees that and is like, what the fuck is that? I don't know, but the trucker's also got a bunch of alien shit that says, I break for aliens. Yeah, so, so she's, she's like, probably like, she's it's like an, an alien. alien. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, so then Kitty phases back over to Rogue and she's like, time to get off. And they hop in another okay, truck. Okay. Can, can I just point out that that is the actual line that Kitty says to Rogue is, time, time to, to get, get off. off. Yeah. And I was like, and then Ryan says, I'll say. Then anyway, continue. So then they like get into a billion more cars. This is like a really fun animated sequence where like, they're hopping into other cars and then like kitty will pop her head out or like stand on rogue's shoulders you know sexually and then like they'll look at something else okay what about that that trunk scene though? yeah so then they phase into the trunk of a car and they're like cuddling together and there's this really cute screenshot that we can share with um on our twitter the mutant ages of twitter and like kitty's just like looking romantically at rogue in this shot like she's just looking at her like rogue's the coolest it's just like a really cute little shot of the two of them like yeah and then we, i put it in the slack and todd's like okay so i'm just gonna verify that they're making out in the trunk of a car they definitely are it's adorable it is i don't know why but they are so then they uh phase into a meat truck and katie's shivering and she's like who came up with this plan i don't know they start cuddling for warmth yeah and rogue is like yeah i was making this up as i went along honestly which is like it's pretty good for a plan that you made up as you went along rogue i mean rogue's pretty good at that kind of stuff though that's kind of her deal yeah so then we get a quick shot of like pietro who's been kidnapped he's in a military van they're driving up a mountain road which at this point i was like are they taking him to like a holding cell i don't know or, like a prison camp like what the fuck is going this on this is like like that third time in the show where they've left Bayville and immediately were like in a mountainside with cliffs and I'm like where the fuck is this because it's also apparently right near New York City like what where are we well how long did Kitty and Rogue phase up there I mean that could have been hours you know it's dark now so I don't know oh that's good that's a good point um all right so then Kitty and Rogue find Lance's Jeep and then it shows the Brotherhood watching the army and Lance's like I can't wait to get Pietro out so I can fuck him hard. That'll show him. And we're like, okie dokie. So Lance shakes the road, tears it apart. Everyone just starts running away. Two Jeeps just like... Fall into the ravine and like they just die. I mean, like the soldiers jump out and like, I guess they... I don't know, because those Jeeps explode. Yep. The Major goes, mutants, fan out, tasers out. Um, which you think is going to go poorly for the mutants, but it actually doesn't in this particular scene. It doesn't. So Toad steals the walkie-talkies that the Major's talking in, and Rogue and Kitty run over and see Toad and Fred leaping around, and Fred looks awesome here because he's just throwing fucking, like, military vehicles. This is what I mean. It's like, he's, like, literally picking up military-grade vehicles and throwing them around, but then, like, if there's a piece of pizza on the floor, he, like, falls on it comically. That's, like, his personal kryptonite, apparently. Also, like, Pietro makes fun of Fred here, which, like is hate, annoying okay. but but pietro is a bad guy so it's kind of like hmm i don't know well, okay he okay it's it's a little different yeah. than it, it typically goes because pietro yes. says hey blob he calls on blob yep. and he goes you finally get off the couch to come rescue me and fred's like yeah because i want to beat the ever-loving shit out of you especially after that comment yeah like, like he says he's like we're not here to help you we're not cool we're not cool yeah like, you don't get to like make fun of me because i literally will beat the shit out of you yeah so yeah i kind of like that i like that let's shake some more shit rogue saves a dude from a car that's like blowing yes, up which is important it's important that rogue oh, no, saves he, he saves the major yes. that's who it is yes. and then the major goes aren't you with them and rogue and classic tas fashion goes don't insult me sugar and avalanche <laughs> is like rogue <laughs> and rogue's like in the flash and so rogue jumps on lance and grabs him 
gets her powers. Lights did, Lights did not even defend himself from Rook whatsoever. I he think just he screamed was so shocked to see her that she then had the time to say in the flesh and then use her flesh to <laughs> kill him. Which I actually liked great. that little one liner that she said in the flesh and then like put her hand on his face and like took him out. I liked it. Right. Me too. So then Fred is trying to uh, shake a truck and I think it's the truck Pietro's in. I'm not actually sure. I think he's just trying to open it. But unfortunately, like a piece of the truck breaks off as opposed to the truck itself. That is Pietro's thing because he he's shaking it and he's shaking it by the bumper and the bumper rips off. So the car falls. But then Kitty like jumps in and saves Pietro. And Pietro says that she's slow or something. And it's like, Pietro, you would have died. Yeah, he's like, you just about fucked that up, Slowpoke. And then he like runs away really, really fast. So he escapes. He does. And then meanwhile, this is when we get the shot that Wanda's been here standing on a different cliffside, just standing there dramatically being like, another day, Pietro, this is not over. And I was like, wait, Wanda's here again. And then I was like, she probably saw the military. She's like, yeah, I'm not getting locked up again. Fuck that. I mean, it's also possible that she just wanted to see how it played out because she was also like, is Magneto going to show up? Is Gambit going to show up? Like, she's just lying in wait, basically. Right. Okay. Well, she doesn't really give a shit about Pietro. She gives a shit about Magneto. So that's if Magneto's right. not there, she's like, yeah, I'm not even going to interact with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's good. Yeah. The Brotherhood try and escape and Rogue uses Avalanche's powers, but they do get away. Yep. The army runs over. And yeah, I guess I, I couldn't tell if it was like the army or the National Guard, but I think you're right that it's the military. And so they try to arrest Rogue and Kitty and they're like, hands up. They say hands up. But what I find interesting here is that Kitty instantly does it. Yes. And Rogue's like, yeah, I'm going to kill these dudes. Yeah. Like that is her reaction. <laughs> I know. I and Kitty's it. like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> Kitty's a little bit more of a square. So she's like, maybe if we're nice to the army, they'll be nice to us. And Rogue is like, oh, my God. Yeah, Rogue's just standing there and be like, yeah, I don't have your facing powers right now. So if they shoot us, you'll be OK. But I will be shot. So yep. no. So Kitty's like, no, don't do it. And then the major walks over. He's like, stand down, men. I saw what happened back there. And Rose's like, yeah, you want like, and what do you want? Yeah. And Major's like, thank you. And Kitty's like, you're welcome. Uh, Peace uh, you're welcome. <laughs> and Rose Strap is like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Yeah. And ba- the major says, not everyone hates mutants, miss. We're just peacekeepers like you. I'd offer you girls a lift, but we're kind of stranded here until another unit arrives. And Rogue's like, that's okay. We'll catch a ride, right? And Kitty goes, Ron, we are finding a phone and we're calling Scott. And they leave. <laughs> yep. But what I found interesting about this is that, again, it is sort of the real life comparison where people are like, first of all, we have cops, which yep. not all cops are inherently bad, but there are some really terrible ones that misuse their power. And they are obviously, depending on what precinct you're in and it, whatever. So, like, it's I like. I mean, I think like the institution is bad because like a lot of laws are immoral. Yeah. And in this world, the laws are absolutely right, sure, immoral. Sure, sure. I, that I agree with. And so in this show, we've had the cops repeatedly try and shoot and arrest the kids. And then the military shows up here and they're like, okay, well, I don't actually think what you're doing here is wrong, which is actually very similar to real life. I mean, it's also like we see these shots of the military shooting at mutants like that's in here. They are trying to kill the mutants. Okay, so like, first of all, I'm not going to like say that the military isn't also bad because it's again like it's it's like it's like it is like cops where like these institutions don't make any sense. But I do find with having military in my family, they don't agree with a lot of this shit. They don't always want to do... Yeah, I mean, it's also like in our country, a lot of times people are sort of forced into the military for financial reasons because it's like the only way they can go to college. And and they're also oftentimes very young. And so like they... They are not even like at a point where they have developed a political opinion, whereas cops are like generally these older dudes that are like fucking racist as fuck. I know. And it's not to say that the military can't be at that way either. I know. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. And so, like in this situation, it's sort of interesting because 
all the military guys are basically just following orders and they're like, yeah, we're going to fucking kill these mutants. And the only reason they stop is because their commanding officer is like, okay, I happen to be sympathetic to some mutants. I'm capable of seeing right and wrong. So off right. the books against the actual laws, I'm going to let you girls go. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's like, cool, I guess. But it's also like the laws are it wrong. It depends what you get. I, the laws are fucked up. They're fucked up in the real world too. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. And so luckily they ran into these military soldiers who were like on their side. Like luckily this one major was like, I can tell that some of you are actually trying to help and I'm not going to kill you. Like luckily. So anyway, the girls get away. Yeah. So then Gambit is at the Brotherhood Mansion again and he's like, hey, so you guys completely fucked up that mission. So just pointing that one out. Yeah, I know. He just walks in. He's like, he's like. He's like, tell me, why do you guys all suck? <laughs> like, if you're going to suck, at least suck my cock, Shadi. And then Toad's like, it's because the X-Men are all winners. It all balances out. And I don't, I don't know what Toad is doing here. He's using a magnifying glass to, like, write with his feet yeah. or something. On. I don't know what he's doing. And I was like, okay. okay. I looked at that multiple times because I was like, why is Toad using a magnifying glass? What is she doing? But then Frank gets up. He's like, wait, but can we join Magneto's new team? And, like, Gump's like please no wonder you flunkies got expelled that was a disaster you'll have other chances you guys need some serious leadership which is why magneto has sent someone to whip you into shape with a whip in your bare butt and like, <laughs> and like lance is like uh who you and Gabbett's like no it's him and then pietro dramatically walks into the house and he's like <laughs> and aren't you guys gonna welcome me back and all of them like try pick to up shit him. to kill him and pietro does this whole like mess with me and you mess with magneto capiche from this day forward nobody rests until we take down the x-men now clean up this place because clearly none of you thought of that and lance looks so annoyed like <laughs> so annoyed and gambit just like smiles gently and walks out and it's like okay gambit like did you help with any of this or were you just here no, to I flirt don't with everybody and leave like that's really what he did but then pietro like i don't think he actually leads the team at any point after this episode but like i think they just wanted a reason to reunite pietro on the show with these characters i think that's what's actually happening i guess and i think they also wanted like to tie these characters back to magneto again and like make them evil again or, or whatever like they needed a reason for them to be on the other side Again. Yeah, but also like not a good move on Magneto's part no. to put him in the house that like fucking Wanda also lives in. Yeah, and also like Mystique is gonna eventually show back up again. Like it's not gonna go well, right? I mean, I well, actually maybe never mind. Maybe it is a good idea. Maybe Magneto's like, oh, if I put him in there, he could continue to spy for me. That's a good point. Yeah, except nobody trusts him, so like that can't possibly work. That's a good point. I don't know. I really don't know what the angle is here. I know within a couple episodes, there's an episode where Wanda and Toad go to find Magneto. And they, that's that's her finally finding him. And then they do find him. And Magneto like ties Wanda up again and then has Master Brain erase all of her memories of him being mean and replaces right. with them with nice ones. Yep. And like Pietro's like, yeah, this is great. And Toad's the one who's like, actually, I think this is wrong. Like, I think this is inherently terrible. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but that's in a few episodes. Right. It's a, it's a really good app. I like that one. Yeah. So anyway, we have one so then more we go scene. to our favorite scene in the entire episode. Like this whole episode's pretty good and this ending is so annoying I that know. I was like, don't why did why? 
<laughs> so it's Rogue and Kitty talking to Xavier and Scott in the kitchen of the sub basement, which is like, luckily there's a kitchen down there. And Rogue is like, just blame me. I dragged Kitty into it. And Kitty's like, no, I went along. It all just happened so fast. It was so romantic. And then we yeah, started like they making were, like, out. Masturbating and and like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and Rogue is like, yeah, then everything just sort of blew up in our faces. We orgasmed in each other's faces. And Scott is so obnoxious here. Oh my Scott God. is like, Scott, he's like, yeah. yeah, your judgment was pretty lame and you should have known better as senior X-Men. And it was like, okay, thanks, Scott. Yeah. And then Xavier's the one who's like, wait, hold on. Your motives were, he's like, your, your judgment might have been bad, but your motives were not. He's like, I do applaud you girls for taking the initiative, but please understand that this, it is simply impossible for us to deal with every problem that pops up. You have lives to live and school to attend. And Scott's like, and detention. <laughs> and then Kitty like storms off. And she's like, I knew we shouldn't have cut sixth period. And then Rogue, the final shot is Rogue then looking at like Scott super sexually and being like, yeah, I'm tapping that. And I was like, wait, why is that how this is where we're ending? <laughs> okay, also, I hated the like, ending why? so much. I was like, the ending's so dumb. I know. And Scott is like smiling when he's like, I'm afraid Principal Kelly won't cut you any slack for skipping sixth period. And it's like, Okay, but Xavier could have called the school and just been like, yeah, they got sick and they had to go home early. No, Xavier forgot how to brainwash people. Like, literally, why? Really, what it is is that there was no no reason for Xavier to do that because it didn't benefit him in any way. You're right. And also, like, Xavier (laughs) does jump to Scott's, I mean, to uh, Kitty and Rogue's defense in this, but ends it in a way where she's like, no, what you did wasn't wrong. But also, like, I'm not ready to be fully out of the closet. And because, like, I don't like that, it's still kind of bad. And it was like, oh, my God, Xavier. Like, what is this defense? you're even doing i know like i sort of agree with him in the sense that he's like you can't just follow gambit everywhere like you need to live your lives but then he's like also you need to go to school yeah it was like it's totally crazy it was a very homoerotic episode like someone get the who's gay section today it's just gonna be like here's everyone we're back yeah but before we get there we should rate the episode <laughs> i mean i'll give it i give it like a four out of five yeah it's not quite i'm gonna a give five, it a four but it's as well. really enjoyable for a lot of reasons it does i mean it does advance the plot let's you know i think it does it in a clever way and it does set up some really interesting stuff where like okay so wanda's story with magneto is going to continue also mm-hmm. they're talking Evan's about mystique story. so what is mystique's going to come back we're setting up that evan can't do these things we're still seeing the kids being bullied at school and it's at this point where they're just not even doing anything except running to each other and helping each other mm-hmm. you know we got like a so little I, brief look at kurt so we can see that like his agony is still going on like we're having all these little side plots here also right. and also this is an episode that is primarily focused on the brotherhood and not the x-men which is something that i don't think happens very frequently in kids cartoons where like this episode's not going to be about the heroes it's going to be about the villains mm-hmm. and when they do those do those kinds of episodes on tv shows it's like like comical in a way that this episode isn't where it's like no the brotherhood's facing prejudice in a completely different way where you know the x-men are allowed to come to school yeah but the brotherhood is completely shut off from absolutely everything which means that their only choice is to work with magneto at this point like they have no other right. thing they can even do like at least magneto has enough resources to continue feeding them like basically they need to be on the payroll somewhere they have to get jobs and naturally they're going to get right. evil jobs because what else are they supposed to do like Right. They have nothing else. And like that's I mean, that's also what Lance's gets to in this. He's like and Lance is over it. He's over all of it. He's like, dude, I like we can't even fucking exist yeah. without somebody using us at this point. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like there are these adults manipulating us at every left and right turn. And they're all waiting for Mystique to come back. I like know. sadly being like, When's mom coming home? It's sad. It's sad. And like the Senator Kelly scene was really interesting. Or Principal Kelly rather. Um 
I just thought it was interesting and and it was cool to see Lance standing up for himself, even though obviously it didn't work out. Also, Gambit's super sexy, which uh, I guess should neatly transition us into Who's Gay? The X-Men Gambit. <laughs> oh my god, they're all gay. I mean, you've had previous episodes where the characters have been gay in the sense of like queer coding, but Gambit <laughs> is like the gayest in here because he shows up and he's like, hey, mon ami, I know you know how to shake things up. Bonjour. Bonjour. I'll show you other ways we can vibrate. <laughs> and I'm going to blow my pixie dust in your face and then blow a kiss at you and walk away, swishing my trench coat behind me. He's like, get the rest of brotherhood over at your place because I'll show you how a real man fucks. And it's like, okay, wow. Okay, Gambit. <laughs> uh, also, Kitty and Rogue yeah. are very gay in this, holding hands, jumping into each vehicle. That scene where they're in the trunk is extremely homoerotic where I was like okay they're like checking each other out and like smiling mm-hmm. and like making out a little bit and they have like a secret lunchtime hangout where like Kitty goes and f- tries to find Rogue and then ends up with her later like they are hanging out every day they're rooming together and they're not sick of each other like it's adorable I love them also shout out to the entire brotherhood of, like who treats Pietro as like a previous ex I know and also Toad like trying on all of Pietro's clothes which there's literally no way to interpret that and then hitting on Fred wearing them and then Fred being like yeah, yeah that's kind of cute you know there are also multiple moments where Toad just like leaps on Fred's shoulders and they're like cuddling together it's just adorable I don't know I like them and I like the vibe and I'm sad that Mystique isn't back to hang out with these boys because they need her well they, she will be eventually and then we'll have like a true su- super gay household again mm-hmm. also Wanda I guess gay but not because she did anything she's just like a lesbian adventure in this fighting men who are like trying to catcall and sexually harass women and she's like no i'm gay i'm gonna rip your fucking dicks off like yeah, that's you're where dead. she's at <laughs> yeah and i love that i love that for her no that, that was that was a good a good energy i was here for that absolutely um so that's who's gay i guess we can say that next episode next week's episode is called blind alley and it is finally the episode where Mystique kidnaps Scott and abandons him in the desert. And I'm excited. I'm excited for oh, Scott great. Summers to fucking die. Okay. Do you know what this also means is that finally, after so many episodes of the show, it's going to be a spotlight character spotlight on Cyclops. Ooh, wow. We have not done him on the show, which people keep on calling out. They're like, why have you not done Cyclops? And I'm like, <laughs> straight up, Maddie and I just don't care. But... <laughs> We do, kind of. But we're going to do him on the next episode. It'll be fun. It's like one of the final characters that is like super, like a super long background that I have to research. Yeah, have fun with that that one. That will be fun. Also, next episode is when Jean finally confesses her love for Scott, right? I think. Or she tries to. I, I think I think it does come to that. Um, and then I believe after that is the one where Evan goes to the Morlocks. And then after that is the one with Wanda being brainwashed by Magneto. Mm -hmm. And then there's a great one about Rogue that I really absolutely love that is basically Rogue losing her ship mentally because she gets, like, she basically finds out Mystique's secret and then, like, I don't know, all all the voices in her head go crazy. I think after that is the one where the five X-Men reconnect, like, the original five X-Men all work together to deal with some apocalypse bullshit. And then we have... 
Cruise Cruise Control, control. (laughs) which I'm so pumped about. One of my favorite episodes of all time and X-23. Yes. Oh my God. X-23. Oh, going to be great. There's a whole bunch of apocalypse bullshit. Yeah, I don't care about that. But I am excited for Laura. That'll be fun. Yeah. Because this is this is the show that originated her, much like Harley Quinn. X-23 was an animated character first. Also, I hate that the season four is literally, I'm looking at it, seven episodes. And then they have like the two episodes where they were like, okay, now you have to just end your show. Whatever. That's depressing. So now that we've gone over the entire rest of this season, let's get into some plugs. Pluggy. Oh, he's not here. That's oh, so pluggy. sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who even knows where Pluggy side? He's a busy little flying butt plug that acts like more like a dildo than a butt butt plug, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, Pluggy and all of us love to go to the mutantages.com because it's where you can find everything. That's right. And Meowth also hangs out there. Everybody hangs out there because it's a cool website. It's a cool website where you can subscribe to the show. You already knew that, but you can also find all the ways to contact us at the mutantages at gmail.com, which is how you send us listener emails. You can join our Discord server. There's an invite link over there. You can talk to other fellow mutants about the show and about current comics and you can call our voicemail at 1508-319-1668 or send us some actual physical mail to P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And we open that physical mail on our YouTube channel. Tell us about it. That's right. You can go to our YouTube channel. I don't know why I'm talking like this. So uh, <laughs> you can go to our YouTube channel, The Mutant Ages, where we open up our physical mail. I got to go to the P.O. box and see if there's anything there. It's been a little while. Um, and also we play all the X-Men games on there. We do X-Men parodies. We do any kind of parody we want. I mean, it's mostly Mutant Ages stuff. But if Maddie and I feel like filming something else that's not related to that, that's where it goes. Yep. Uh, it's fun. It's fun stuff. You can go watch our old demon episode, uh, movies that we made in high school and react to. Yeah. Sometimes I take clips from this show and match it up with the actual cartoons. It's a good time. I'm also on YouTube. I already promoted it. It's at Ryan Pagella. Lots of theme park stuff, adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. Do like Six Flags and Disney. That's totally my jam. You can find the Mutant Ages on all sorts of social media all over the internet, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok, Grinder. You can also find <laughs> you can also find uh, me on uh, the internet. Oh my god, <laughs> me Ryan Pagella. Oh my god. By the way, it doesn't say Mister Sinister anymore. Wow. So if you go to my Twitter, what? it's just Ryan Pagella, or my Instagram Ryan Pagella. Yeah, it's because I'm like applying to jobs and it's like i'm applying to a bunch of social media stuff and i was like actually i should say it so it shows my name and not mr sinister but you can find me i'm in those places i'm also on twitch i play all sorts of games not marvel's avengers because that game does not load on my computer very well but i have been playing all sorts of other fun yeah, games. yeah like dead resident by daylight evil, resident evil etc yeah nintendo stuff and maddie's also on the internet besides her famous website middymyers.com where else are you i am also at Mitty myers on twitter and instagram and facebook and you name it that's where i am Mitty myers um everywhere those are the places so let's talk about money uh so- let's talk about sex oh money um, okay, yeah. money 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 uh so if you want you could buy uh, something in our store, our Teespring store. You can find that link at mutantages.com or in the episode description. You can buy a shirt with Bishop hopping out of the bushes saying time travel is real or a bag or whatever else you want with time that on there. Time travel is real. Because time travel is real, okay? And also the Mutant Ages logo is on all those things. Or you can go to patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages 
and subscribe at whatever tier level works for you. You can get bonus audio content, meaning like bonus podcast episodes where we talk about Loki as soon as I finish watching it and we record that. <laughs> but mostly we talk about like WandaVision. We've got a bunch of those old ep by ep recaps of WandaVision on there. It's pretty much anything that the MCU is releasing, we do review yeah, it. Yeah, we, we talk about DC movies too, like Birds of yeah, Prey. Yeah, but anything we both also see and we really enjoy, like Into the Spider-Verse or yep. Birds of Prey, or I think at one point we talked about the Goonies because we, we revisited that We did talk about from, the Goonies. And, we talked about Captain yeah. Marvel when that came out. I mean, we've got like all yeah. kinds of old podcast apps on there that you can find if you are backing at that tier. Sometimes you hear like a little like three minute thing about... Todd, Maddie, and I deciding who Magneto is in the Christmas Carol. That's up there. Yeah, that is up there. Yeah. Um, so also, if you back at the highest Patreon level, you get a shout out on the show. You do. And there aren't any fun voices again. I feel what like Gambit. It, I do Gambit. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. I could do Gambit. Well, shout out to Samuel B. Solon B. and Zach S. Yes, all of us will have a great time tonight out here in the bio. We're going to show you how the quick tricks about <laughs> the brotherhood and magneto and how to bend over well you can do whatever you want if you want to suck gambit's cock that's cool too <laughs> <laughs> yeah gambit always speaks in the third person so he has to be like you want to suck gambit's cock or that's not? right sherry <laughs> <laughs> cool 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 um, oh, what's what's how do you say goodbye in french uh, i don't even know that au revoir au revoir i'll see you in bed or you can just say ciao <laughs> ciao meet me in room 69 <laughs> Anyway, let's say you don't have any money and you can't afford to back us on you Patreon. You can't afford to get into bed with Gambit. I mean, no one can emotionally afford to get into bed with Gambit. Uh, um, but let's say that you just don't have any money in real life. That's completely fine. And we totally understand. We have been there, but we hope that you will consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or, re or rating. Or you could just share the show on your personal social media. Share it with your friends. Send it to a friend. Share your favorite episode. Tell people you like the show, basically. And that helps us out. It does. It does. I think that's it. I think so, too. Right. So I don't know. We'll see you next week when Mystique returns to X-Men Evolution. That's right. And I'm sure it will be a longer episode again because we'll have Cyclops information. Cyclops. Cyclops. My anyway, glasses. see you next time. See you next time. The